Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. I think I've referenced it every day this week. I had a fantastic weekend, a little bit of it in Iowa, big chunk of it in Minnesota. Some of it I didn't need to see in Minnesota, but I saw it anyway. But who I did need to see, Angie Ford, is here today. The has-been president, excuse me, the past president of the Murray County Cattlemen. How are you, Angie? I'm doing great, Trent. I came up with your title on my own because you weren't helping me. I has been. Everybody wants to be one of those. <laughs> has been a mother, uh, a nurse, yeah. a beef zealot, and a mutual friend of ours, Greg Harder, says Angie's got real potential. Oh, that was sweet, Greg. <laughs> Boy, what do I owe him now? <laughs> I had an hour-long conversation with the birthday boy Sunday on his way home from staying at his mm-hmm. sister's house. So it was good to okay. catch up with Greg, and he's off and about working in some feed yard. Yep. Uh, I think he's in Kansas. Today? You know where he's at today? Uh, no, he was earlier in the week. I wished him happy birthday, and he told me he was in Kansas. Uh, so. Oh, yeah. He said he actually... You know, uh, Saturday night when I was speaking, I asked people if they knew Greg Harder and those that raised their hands. I said, well, send him a birthday note. He told me Sunday he got a massive <laughs> pile of oh. birthday. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> nice. So tell us about for these are this is a, really a question for folks that don't live in Minnesota. Tell us about Murray County and the Cattlemen's Association and the makeup of agriculture. Uh, Murray County is a little county in southwest Minnesota. We make up the uh, the northeast of the four counties in southwest Minnesota. Small, very rural. One of our favorite things to tell people are we are the only county in Minnesota without a stoplight. That seems to be like our, our catchphrase is Murray County has no stoplights within it. But we have more lakes than anything, I will say. We are very plentiful with lakes and lucky that way. A lot of rural people, a lot of beef producers, um, small businesses, ag-related. It's just a great place to live, honestly. You just totally missed out, and I realize nobody invited you, but uh, you should have been at the Grain Exchange Sunday morning for breakfast because I ran into Phil Sweetman, and we had a fantastic discussion, went out to see his cattle, and breakfast with that Grain Exchange. I like that place. Yeah, that is another little gem right there on Highway 30 in Slayton. Uh, it is a. I actually just had supper at the Green um, Tuesday Tuesday night, so I was just there, and you missed it. <laughs> True story. It's all about timing. Uh, but to your point, I wasn't invited there either. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you so choose to be the president of the Murray County Cattlemen? Um, I don't know if I so much chose as I was. Uh, Voluntold. Voluntold. That happens um, often. Yeah. Murray County Cattlemen actually has a long history. It was established back in 1972. So we are one of the oldest local associations within the state. Uh, Dennis Swan, who is still, by the way, an active member of the Murray County, Minnesota State, and NCBA, he proudly told me at my banquet that he's been a member of all three since 1972. He's 87. Um, he was one, yes. 
Can you believe that? Oh my goodness. Dennis looks phenomenal. He's 87 years old. I know. It's amazing. You wouldn't think it either. And sharpest attack. And when we were talking about um, the tour coming, he was just so proud. I could see it in his heart, but he had to tell me, you know, the last time we had a tour in Murray County was, you know, back in the eighties and he's got history. So he's a great one to talk to, but um, with any association, it kind of comes and goes, you know, there's excitement, people join, then it kind of fades out then it comes back again. And I think it was like 2017. Um, it was the very first year my kids showed cattle at the County fair. And uh, my daughter happened to win the champion breeding heifer that year. And we got a plaque for that, that said sponsored by Murray County cattlemen's. Mm-hmm. And that kind of struck the conversation. Like, is that still even a thing anymore in Murray County? Like you you didn't hear anything about it. And lo and behold, Ryan Verlindi, who is also a fair gore says, well, yeah. Who who, by the way stood us up this weekend wasn't present. Yeah. You know, sunshine and sand is better than, than banquet. But Ryan says to me, well, you know, I happen to be the president of the cattlemen's and we all started laughing. And uh, that's kind of where the conversation started about, hey, maybe we should get this thing going again. You know, it, it's it just was lacking members and, and motivation. So small group of us got together at Ryan's house and said, let's do a banquet. Let's try to get some members. I think there was eight members at the time when we had this conversation. And uh, yeah, we literally went farm to farm and talked to people. And we're like, hey, we want to get the Calamans going again. You interested? And the response was huge. I mean, we, I think that very first year gained 70 some members from where we were. And it's just kind of been building since then. And, and uh, it's been, I think, six years, five years now, five years that we've been doing this. And uh, it doesn't really seem like it's going to slow down any. So I always pride myself in learning as much as I can about local stuff when I arrive in a scene, but I miss that. Somehow I miss the fact that, that, drive that I witnessed Saturday night had only been around for five years. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and we're really excited. And this year at our banquet, we had so many new members and Mm -hmm. that, that just, I love it because that's what you need is you need the new younger people coming to these meetings. Um, Case in point, you know, I remember back in the late nineties when, um, when Bobby went to a cattleman's meeting, he was a young guy. All these older people, Dennis Swan was there, by the way, too, and and Phil Sweetman. And he felt out of place because it was just him. He was a younger one and a bunch of older people. And uh, now I feel we have a great mix of age level and young people on the board who want to be involved. So I don't know. I really do see like we're going to be around for another 40 years and make Dennis proud. So, well, Dennis will probably be there. So you won't won't (laughs) wonder if he knows. so it's interesting in my, and by the way, people have labeled it traipsing, traipsing with Trent, my traipsing around the country for the past 23 years at meetings like this, the majority of them, uh, particularly at the county level and many times at the state level are just a bunch of people who've been there, done that. And you, you nailed it. Lack members and motivation just didn't have the motivation to do something extraordinary and now, all of a sudden, in the past few years, this goes back before COVID. This is unrelated to COVID in any way, shape, or form, although COVID might have been a boost just because we had a time when we couldn't get together. Then people began to realize, don't take for granted the ability to socialize. 
But I went to the I was asked to come to the Iowa Cattlemen's meeting in January of 2020. They they had the same exact thing. Iowa, excuse me, to mm-hmm. be clear, Iowa County Cattlemen's, not the Iowa Cattlemen's, Iowa County Cattlemen's. Sure. Uh, they had the same thing happen. They had a group of young people that said, we're not going to lack membership and motivation. We're going to get out there. We're going to do it. I really think, Angie Ford, you're part of a, of a movement getting people at I'm talking about family age, family bearing age folks, because you had it, you just nailed it. You had a perfect mix of young families and veterans who come together and share all the camaraderie, not only about beef, but about being a part of a vibrant community. And in this case, it's the community of Murray County. Absolutely. I know. And it's something I'm really proud that we've been able to accomplish. Um, The board has done a great job. Actually, some of those new people, that I had at the banquet were from board members that I would have mm-hmm. never thought would have actually gone out and shook hands with people and invited them to come. And that's what you need. You need people to step out of their comfort zone and be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be part of the solution. I'm not just going to stand here and complain about the problems. So yeah, I was excited to see the new faces and, you know, hopefully if everybody brings one person with them, we can grow exponentially. Did you want to name that list of people you thought that would be recluses and just go hide in the back room and not, you know, participate? Um, well, his name's John Inglekiss, actually. And uh, <laughs> he'll probably, I'm going to probably be in trouble now. Uh-huh. But, you know, I was very proud of John, you know, bringing some new people in. That's, he's, yeah, it's not his forte to talk to people and, and that kind of thing. But he did a great job bringing in some new people from actually wasn't even in the county, so good for him. Mm. It's not like he'll ever know we had this conversation, so it doesn't matter. Never, never. Nobody's going to hear it. Angie Ford, who happens to be sitting in her Chevy pickup at the moment, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more Roll Route with Angie after this. All right, I'm going to warn you, if you do like I did and just log on to the website, certifiedpiedmontese.com, I'm just telling you, you're going to get hungry. Bottom line. That homepage is absolutely amazing. And you can now sign up for a newsletter. You can redeem two packs of tenderloin tips on your holiday order. <laughs> that that would be Easter, I guess. You know, the holiday order. It's coming up Easter. And you can get lamb on this website as well. It's not 100% beef. I call it a protein plethora. It's mostly about the Piedmontese breed and how this breed has generated a tender beef supply that you will want time and time again. More details about Certified Piedmontese found by yourself by taking your finger, CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Welcome back. We'll route Trent Luce alongside Angie Ford. Actually, figuratively alongside we were literally alongside we could have done this together but no she was too busy being the president of the murray county cattlemen somebody's got to be a champion well has been president i'm the president has for maybe been. two, yep, two yeah. more weeks and then then we're passing on the torch but that's all right People don't you know andy that we're in the era of tyrants and uh dictators and establishment that once you gain power you don't give it up <laughs> well that's not me. Somebody else can do it for a while. I think we should share share the joy and the experience. <laughs> What's next, county commissioner? Oh, absolutely not. I kind of like going just going to my job and doing my job and coming home, you know? Mm-hmm. That's 
that's my deal. I have enough on my plate right now with that summer tour that I don't think we're going to add anything to it. We're going to talk about your second job in a moment, but uh, let's talk about the tour because I mean, I can just see the pride in this tour that you talked about Saturday night and how it's still oozing from you. What are you doing? What tour are you talking about? Yeah, you're you're uh, touring the real beef state, Nebraska, with a group of Murray County cattlemen. Is that what you're doing? Should we do that? That maybe. Yes, you should do that. Yeah, that actually would be fun. I would help. I would um, help. Good. I'm going to probably recruit you to help me. So look out for that. But I want to talk a little bit about the Minnesota State Cattlemen's Tour. And this okay. is something that has a very long history as well. Um, I can't say how long it's going, been going on, but Dennis Swan again told me that they hosted the tour in Murray County in the late 70s. So we're talking 40-some years of tour in Minnesota. And this year, um, I decided it's time for Murray County and Pipestone County to shine. We haven't hosted a tour in over 40 years, and Pipestone has never hosted a tour so back in December, we announced, yep, we're going to do the tour. Six months after we probably should have been planning it, here we are getting it put together. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, what do they say? If you want to get something done, ask somebody who's busy. Well, that's how this goes. Yeah. And uh, we've been getting busy and it's coming together really fast. And I'm super excited. We've got our tour stops picked out. Sponsorships are um People want to be involved. You know, they're calling us. Hey, how can we be involved? And yeah, so I'm really excited. It's going to be June 18th or July 18th. Excuse me. I, a month ahead I, of myself. I thought that you had said July the other night. Yep. July 17th and 18th. The tour is actually going to be on the 18th. And the 17th. The, we have some and stuff and the, the tour is making stops at other cattle producers. Yep. It's going to be Pipestone and Murray. We're going to go to three different stops in Pipestone County. We have a couple feedlots and we also have a cow calf seed stock stop up at Chestnut Angus. They are, uh, they're well known in the Angus breed. They typically go out to Denver every year and win the pen show with either heifers or bulls or come back reserve. So we're really pretty excited about having them on our tour. Then we're going to swing into Murray County. Um, we have a couple stops for producers there at deep pitted slat barns and, um, a cow calf place feedlot that just put up a giant um, working system that's state-of-the-art I think people are going to want to see and then we decided to tie in a couple industry friends of ours we're going to stop at Skier Concrete they do like uh, J-bunks and precasts they're going to do a live demo of how they pour those so if people want to check that out and then we have Monogram Meats in Chandler Minnesota which is a kind of a snack backpack meat packing place that's been in the area for a long time, 50, 60 years. So they're going to do a virtual tour for us and we're going to have a trade show there so people can come and see exactly what they do within the plant and also get some pretty um, pretty yummy snacks. They said they're giving everybody little little door prices that comes through the door. That's going to be a lot of jerky. Monogram, does that mean you'll, they'll put your initials on it? Every piece of jerky will say AF on it? I don't think so. I don't think they can do that. Well, it's monogram meats. It ought to have a monogram on there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Before it was monograms, it used to be Huskins Meats, which is a local family from Chandler, and they sold it to monograms. And I actually worked at Huskins in high school, along with, I think, everybody in the Tri-County area worked there at one point in time. So for me, it's going to be fun to see, you know, the changes since then. Glad you're not going to that Schmidt-Herford operation up there in Pipestone. That's a shabby deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, bought, I bought a Herford cow there one day. She was a good one. 
from Johnny. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so you just you just gave me an idea that I should Uh-oh. have thought about a long time ago. So, so while I understand the value of cattlemen getting on a bus and going to see other cattle operations, because you you always learn from one another. That's really mm-hmm. one of the reasons you have an event like we had Saturday night. In Hadley, it was not in the metropolitan Slayton regional area. <laughs> mm. We need Hadley, to have population we, 73 in Hadley. I think that's the exact population of my hometown of Hazard. I think we're 73 too. So we, we, uh, what quadrupled the population then Saturday night, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was trying to be, you know, really quick and pull up the population of Hazard, Nebraska. Oh, 59. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, I could be wrong, but Angie, we got a project that we need to do. Yes. Because it's tremendously valuable for cattlemen to go visit with other cattlemen and you know, much of where we're broadcasting is in the western part of the United States and cattle feed yards are outside. And so people in other parts of the world could come and see what this explosion has been in Iowa and Minnesota, quite frankly, in indoor cattle feeding, which is valuable. You and I are going to organize a consumer cattleman's tour where we invite people who want to learn about cattle production in their area. We're going to put them on a bus and spend a day going to visit, feed them, provide uh, fellowship and nutrition, and educate them about the agriculture in their given region and things they didn't even know. Why haven't we thought of this before? Well, I think there has been a few of those done around here. No, um, down in no, I just came up with this idea. Oh, well, we'll let you patent that, but... The tour kind of does the same thing. You can be anybody and come on a bus and come on the tour. We actually encourage people to come and learn. It'll be a great day because that's just it. If you don't, if you don't know anything about beef production, mm-hmm. what a grand opportunity to learn. So you're saying that anybody listening right now that wants to join this tour in July, they can participate. Absolutely. I'll, they just have to buy a, a ticket. What, what, where do they do that? Um, we've actually got them online. You can go to the Minnesota State Cattlemen's website and click on the link, purchase your ticket, show up in Pipestone on July 18th, check in and get on a bus. You have to have that ticket ahead of time because you could be drastically short of buses. Well, it's nice to plan ahead, but we do take registrations day out. How are you going to have have enough bus space for everybody then? Might be... 500 people show up. Well, we typically see about 700 with the tour, so we're going to be prepared. <laughs> there might be 2,000 show up. Come on, I got to try to get you off guard or rattle. You know what You're we're going to do? Calm. What are you We've got do? a backup plan. We're going to get some school buses if that happens. Everybody loves to ride on a school bus, right? If we have 2,000 people for the tour, we'll make it work. Didn't you leave one of your stops out that you didn't mention going to Heartland Colony? Well, that's a drive-through, you know. That's a drive-through sap. So, and uh, yeah, we're you're not that taking these happen. folks to eat at the colony at noon. Oh, that would be great. When did their that's buns a, are fantastic? That's a, that's, that's a grave mistake not to have lunch at the colony. 
Yeah, that would work out great. But no, and I'm, we're just I'm sure the women at the colony are really excited that Trent Luce is inviting 700 people to their colony for lunch without consulting with them. Oh, you might get some phone calls on that one. Yikes. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to make a phone call and see if we can't make this happen. I think this is a great idea because at some point I got to have an idea that you haven't yet had. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if that would work or not, but it's, worth, it's worth a phone call. You see you what you can work with magic. You don't know that it would be worth work or not if I had an idea that you hadn't already had? Yeah, I don't know. Or, or you don't know if it would work to go to lunch there? I don't think it would work to go to lunch there, but yeah, you, you proved me wrong on the idea. I'm waiting. Oh, I like that challenge. Mm-hmm. The, the colony typically feeds 100 to 120 people a day, at, uh, three times a day. So 700 mm-hmm. Might have to do it in shifts, but True. I know I know colonies in South Dakota that would rise to the occasion. There you go, Angie Ford, my guest. She's coming to us while sitting in her Toyota, her Toyota Tundra. We'll be yes. back with the second half and talk about her other job and what's going on in the world of medicine when we return with more Roll Route after this. I want to tell you about a land auction coming up east of Murdo, South Dakota. The ranch itself is two miles east of Murdo, 2,305 acres. Dan Perodic has this auction. It's a second land auction I've told you about here in South Dakota. I don't know who's buying land. I just want to make sure that the land stays local, to be honest. Local meaning that somebody in the United States, somebody that understands and appreciates the land and uses it correctly. That's what my interest in this is. Dan Perotic wants to generate the best buyer for this family. 2,305 acres selling Wednesday, April the 12th, two miles east of Murdo, but you can go check it out online. PeroticAuction.com. P-I-R-O-U-T-E-K. PeroticAuction.com. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside Angie Ford. Who is sitting in a Ford pickup? I felt bad. I've been trying to mislead you. Well, yeah, I, I like to drive vehicles that, you know, have, your, customized, name. have your name on my steering wheel. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> for me. <laughs> I paid extra for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do know. I can't imagine how much more. We'll leave mm-hmm. that for another topic another day. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a text, Mike Smith. Sorry about that. Over the break, I got a buddy who was very kind about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I got a pickup in the shop. So he loaned me a pickup to drive. He just got a, a $7.42 toll road bill in the mail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good for it, Mike. Okay. (laughs) So there are two careers that spouses, male or female, in farm country have had throughout the course of generations, as long as there have been off-farm income. And those two would be teaching and nursing. Would you agree or disagree, Angie Ford? Honestly, yeah, I would agree. It's amazing the amount of nurses that you meet that live on the farm. How's that treating you these days? There's a lot of wonky stuff going on with the nursing profession, and I can't tell you how many friends I had that I have to have walked away in the last two years. It's kind of messed up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, nursing, you know, 
hasn't really changed as far as the practice of it in the last three years, but just, it's just feels different. I mean, healthcare in general just feels different to me. Um, it's just harder. We're, we're trying to do a lot more with a lot less people because there just isn't staff. And that's the biggest problem everywhere. And not just nursing, but everywhere. But we really feel it because um, people are retiring early. There's not as many people coming into nursing. And yeah, I've been a nurse for a long time. And it's, it has been in the last three years, the dynamic has changed significantly. Typically, you would you know, have the same coworkers for ages and they'd be friends and your kids grew up together. And now it's like a revolving door. Everybody's, you know, they come and they go and the grass is always greener. And so, yeah, it's, it's a frustration. It really is. But, you know, thankfully, you know, nurses are very uh, crafty and we persevere and we're getting it done. It's just, it's just very different than it used to be. I feel anyway, somebody could argue that it's not, but I don't think anybody could argue that it's not. Yeah, it is different. A lot of traveling nurses, you know, and they're great too. Everybody needs needs their little niche. You know, traveling's great if you have it mm-hmm. works out for your your life. But yeah, uh, it, I miss I miss the old days. I really do. <laughs> I'm perplexed by the traveling nurse thing, and maybe less perplexed by the traveling nurse as I am the traveling medical doctor. And and I should I don't even know if it's <laughs> traveling, but it's transient. And I had a, a personal friend. In June of 2021, from Shreveport, Louisiana, he's a fantastic cardiovascular surgeon, and he's dedicated his whole life. He's a young man. He's not much older than me. I was born in 66, <laughs> so what am I? I'll be 57 this year, so mm-hmm. it's probably 60. And he said, Trent, honestly, he said, I'm, I'm going to retire. He said, I'm going to retire from this career I've been at for a long time, and I'm going to become a I don't think he used the word traveling. I'm going to become a, a, a probably nomadic. a locum. What'd you say? A locum doctor, where he just comes and works different yeah, places. And, a locum, yeah, yep. That's, well, that's what yeah. makes you makes you think of a locust who lands on a tree <laughs> for a while and croaks, and then he, he moves on. Uh, yeah, but I'm just. And he said, "There's just huge money available in this traveling medicine show." I just think that flies in the face of everything that medicine was originally supposed to be, where you develop this client-doctor, client-nurse relationship, and you know your people in the community. And and clearly, that's different if you're in downtown Chicago or if you're in Pipestone, Minnesota, just because of the sheer number of people. But I just want somebody to explain to me why this is a good thing for the health and well-being of people. Well, and I don't really know if it's... If it's good, you're absolutely right. You do need to have those, you know, relationships and connections with your doctor. I mean, that's, you know, if you're going to be a family practice, that's how it goes. But him with his specialty, you know, there's definitely money to be made by, by going around. I mean, I have good friends that do traveling and it's because they're, you know, they're single. They don't have kids. It works Mm -hmm. for them. And, you know, and that's just what they're going to do. They're going to do their traveling and go places they want to see you know, go to different areas and then retire early. Yeah. So there is definitely, you know, money to be made with your friend, you know, being close to 60. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to retire early. Yeah. And he's on the other side of that. You know, he raised his kids. Now his kids are gone. And so so he's more mobile, but 
I got to tell you the story about my mother because my mother was a registered nurse for 42 years. Mm. And um, last week of January 2022, she got COVID and refused to take the jab for personal reasons. And she ended up where she was severely dehydrated. She knew she was severely dehydrated. She couldn't do anything about it. So she went to the emergency room at the hospital where she was a nurse for 42 years and told them what they were going to do. And I said, and, and she said, you will not keep me here overnight. And they didn't. They got her hydrated. She went home. And I said, well, it should have been easier, Mom, because you probably still knew some of the people there. She said, I didn't know anybody. The, the whole emergency room was staffed with traveling people in the medical field. I was right. like, oh, my goodness. This thing is just changing rapidly. Right. Yeah. And I love I love your mom. I love how she went and she's like, and this is what you're going to do. And and I know it. And they listen to her. That's great. She advocated for her own her own health and well-being. That's that's what you need. I sometimes feel really, really bad when there's people in the hospital and their family doesn't have anybody who knows anything about medicine. So they're just depending on what they're told by, you know, their physician. Because for me, everybody has an opinion about things. And, you know, if you're just going on what one person tells you, oh, that gets a little scary sometimes to me. I feel I feel for the people who don't have anybody in their family that knows anything about medicine. I can't tell you how accurate you are and how crazy is it, Angie Ford, that when you go to a place to get well, you have to have an advocate along with you to understand right and wrong. That's insane. Yeah. Well, and it's, it is confusing. A lot of things, you know, medicine's not the easiest thing to understand. I mean, sometimes because I'm a nurse that people also think I'm a veterinarian. I won't name any names, but that's just the way it goes. You know, you're supposed to know everything when you're, when you're in the medical field and you really don't, you have to depend on other people's opinions, but then you take those and you form your own decisions from there. That's how I feel anyway. Did you consider being a veterinarian? I didn't actually, I did not, but it's very interesting to me. I mean, if I go back to school, it'd probably be for veterinarian or maybe marketing, kind of like the marketing thing too. Well, let me One tell you, you think that if you're short-staffed in the nursing realm, this no whole kidding. large animal veterinarian field is in trouble. It is. It is. And how do you get young people to want to want to do that? I mean, it's a daunting task. I mean, it's hard work and it's probably not the greatest pay in the world. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's a hard sell. It really is. You've got to be having a passion from when you're little. And then Actually, how much easier it is it to, you know, just see dogs and cats versus going out and seeing large animals. I mean. Yeah. And and there's another component that's going to make it even tougher coming in June of this summer. Yeah. You know what you know what that is? With with the prescriptions. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Just to get a bottle of LA three hundred to give to your animals that need some antibiotic as an assistance to get healthy. You have to get a prescription. We don't have enough yeah. veterinarians to do the prescriptions for the feed that we have to do now to tend to the animals like they need to now. And now they have to be burdened with another issue that really doesn't benefit them in any way, shape or form. No. And and most of them really don't want to write anybody a prescription unless they have a relationship with them or have seen something. So that just adds to the paperwork and workload of that particular vet on top of it you know yeah to your point just so everybody understands this 
if you're going to put some sort of a, say you have a, a pen of livestock, whether it be sheep, pigs, chickens, whatever the case may be, that you want to add some antibiotic to the feed because that's the best way to get an even distribution to all of the animals. That veterinarian has to actually see those animals. It yes. could could go off of a proper uh, client-patient relationship, but you still had to have had a, a recent herd visit or they can't mm-hmm. legally write that prescription. It's just cumbersome yeah. and it's unnecessary. It, it solves no problem whatsoever. Right. I, I totally, I totally agree. There's just not enough time in the day for that. I mean, especially when they're dealing with emergencies, you know. You see how cattle people are? We started this segment to talk about nursing and now what are we talking about? Oh, yes. That's how it goes, though. Yeah. You can always tie cattle into about any conversation, I think. Yeah. Well, cattle are essential. And if you don't have cattle, life's right. going to be a struggle. I'm just telling you right now. I, I'm not arguing your point. I completely agree. Yeah. So Phil Sweetman told you that I interviewed him? Well, I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who sounds heard like it from the, a friend who. Sounds like the beginning of a drinking song to me. <laughs> I think that is a song, but I can't even think who sings that now. <laughs> I don't think it's a country band either. I think it's some old it rock not. band. Like it's the Eagles. Or, it really is. Yeah, Jeez, like the Eagles old. or something. I heard from a friend. Yep. And, it, yep. and I don't think it's a stick song. No, I don't think so either. Somebody ha- will let me know, though, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I happen to be uh, personal friends with Lawrence Gowan, lead singer and keyboard player for Sticks. is why I bring up Sticks, and there's a long story mm-hmm. behind that. But Andrew Henderson, my partner in crime on Across the Pond every morning, is his first cousin. Oh. I've actually seen Sticks in concert. They were fabulous. I've seen them three times, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know they were still around until I figured out that I knew somebody. <laughs> Great story. Then I got to go to a break. So I found Lawrence. He found me actually because I was interviewing his cousin Andrew. Said if I ever wanted tickets to a six concert, let him know. So I went on the website. They were at the Iowa State Fair. This is like in 2016 or something. I said to Kelly, I said, "Honey, want to go to Iowa State Fair? See sticks? Yes, absolutely." So we go there. Afterwards, we get backstage, and I find out that guess where they're at the next weekend. Oh, geez. Somewhere in Nebraska. Nebraska State Fair, 50 miles from my house. So I saw sticks two times in one week. Roll out. We'll be back with more discussion without involving sticks. Maybe sticks and stones. Andy Ford, more after this. Now let's talk about keeping the lights on. I'm talking about Lignite Energy doing a phenomenal job getting the message of Lignite to the consumers. Just go to their website. Check out the people and the product. It's called electricity at lignite.com. Life, it's powered by coal. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside Angie Ford. You know, Angie, how you sound is completely up to you. And you you sound like you've been there, done that. Not not saying that you're old or, you know, has been or anything. It's just like you're sharing your experiences and your passions. That's really what you should do on a daily basis. Yeah, and I try to. I mean, I've I'm seasoned. I I have I know so many people from so many different walks of life. We talked about I was a nurse, you know, mm-hmm. and then the cattle thing. My kids actually show cattle, so that's a whole different realm of cattle people, you know, right. that you get to know, and they're fabulous people as well. And then I for a little while I dabbled in uh 
had a bakery. I got kind of burnt out on the nursing thing and needed a break. So I started my own cake shop, actually, and made birthday and wedding cakes and everything for 10 years. I just actually closed it in 2020. So when I meet somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, I know you. I'm like, did I deliver your baby or did I make you a birthday cake or was I at your wedding or did I meet you at a cattle function? So sometimes I kind of can't can't figure out how I know people. And, and a lot of times it's a crossover, you know, but yeah, it gets yeah. to be a little confusing sometimes. That's just hysterical. Did I deliver your baby or deliver you a wedding cake to make the baby? Which should I do? <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell you. How funny. Some of these kids I delivered, I actually have made their wedding cake. Oh, I tell oh, you. Oh, you are old. I didn't realize you were old. You seem so young. No, no, I'm old. I am. Either that or they're getting married really young. Let's say that. Uh, just... Both of them come into play. So... It is easy, and particularly on this program, any discussion about what's happening in the world today, and we could be pretty down in the mouth about the medical field, let's face it, but we choose to to, uh, focus on where the positives are. How do you find the positives with the challenges that we have in front of us in terms of the hurdles for food producers, the absolute walls that you have to jump over in the medical field? How do you find that ray of sunshine and hope deep within you? Oh, that is a tough one. I mean, every day is a new day. And since I've really gotten involved more with the Minnesota State Cattlemen's and a lot of their policy making, Mm -hmm. um, that to me, I have a huge interest in that. And at first, I didn't really understand. I'm like, why are we making these resolutions? They seem hokey and silly to me. But when you really sit down and think about it and you look at it, it kind of drives your organization about what you believe in and then what you can fight for. And that's, that's where, where you get your solutions is through those resolutions and what you can fight for. So people who are making these interesting bill introductions up at like our state capital of things that are not cattle friendly, um, that's where you have to work at it. I, I think I told you this earlier this year in Minnesota, we had something like 252 brand new people sworn in to our House and Senate. And over three-fourths of them don't know anything about farming. Like their grandparents didn't even farm. So how would they know when a bill is introduced that isn't cattle friendly? But that's just not going to work for us. And that's why you have to be an advocate and talk to these people. And explain to them what you do. You don't You don't need to argue with them. You just need to explain to them. This is why this bill is not going to work for cattle producers. And explain to them why. And they really would understand. It's just how would they know? They don't know what they don't know is what you always hear people say. So I'm pretty excited about going and doing a lot of policy work up at the state. We're going to do a stake on a stick. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of that? Yeah. We go up there. Um, I think it's I think it's April 19th or 20th, mm-hmm. we're going to go up there and grill steak. And uh, right on the front lawn of the state capitol in St. Paul, we bring our grills up. Everybody comes out, you know, enjoys a nice little steak on the stick. But but the biggest thing is that then you get the people out and you get to talk to them and explain what you do and make some connections and make some friends with those people who have lived in a town or a city their entire life and don't know how beef gets on their plate. 
So it's a super exciting um, program that we're going to be doing. And uh, it's, I think it's April 20th. But you're giving me mixed signals. You've now told me three different days. I'm not sure you want me to be there on the right day. Oh, would you drive up for that? I might. You never it's know. the 19th. I just looked in my phone. See, I, there's my brain. I, I drove to uh, Rochester three consecutive years on March 21st because it's National, National Ag Day and oh. re- interviewed random people at Mayo Clinic. That's not that's a lie. What's the hotel that everybody stays at right next to Mayo Clinic? I've never been there. Well, that's a good never thing. Been. And the only reason I've been to Mayo Clinic was because I went there with Ruth Merrick, who is with the Minnesota Farm Bureau. She's amazing. And she got me there three times. And the Bellman was phenomenal. There, everybody knows the name of this famous hotel, a part of Mayo Clinic. So I didn't go to the clinic, but I was in the front lobby broadcasting live. And I got into conversations that were incredible. And I did have the audience of three cardiovascular surgeons one year where I was talking about how we in animal agriculture are doing things that the medical field hasn't even thought about yet. And we've been doing them for 20, 30 years, nutritionally and and particularly in building the immune system. Yeah, good for you because, you know, cardiovascular surgeons and beef used to be kind of a butting head scenario. That is such a lie. That we have to continue to, to, and, and that's one of the reasons you're there with beef on a stick, which I don't care that you stole that from Iowa pork producers who started with pork chops on a stick at the Iowa State Fair. Whatever you put on a stick that oh. comes from an animal, I'm all about where whoever started it. But the nutrient density of beef is completely ignored by the general population and particularly the medical community who's had it pounded in their head that there's some in, something inherently wrong with beef. And how many people now have been on this carnivore diet for a right. significant number of years? They're healthier than they've ever been. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the other people say, well, you're just not vegan enough and their health continues to deplete. And then yes. you have those in the middle that don't even understand that just a, a, Proper portion of beef on a daily basis leads to better health, better immune system. My favorite one is 142% of your zinc needed allowance comes from six ounces of beef. 142%. That's huge. That's You're right. And how much quinoa would you have to eat to get, you know, the same buckets of it? I don't eat much fish. <laughs> quinoa isn't fish. It's that little, <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It's, it's some plant, and, isn't it? Like, it's a plant, yeah. I've I've cousin seen it. I've never had pom- it. Cousin of pomegranates it. or something? I've never tried it. I shouldn't <laughs> knock it, but it looks like a lot is all I can say. You would have to eat to get the same amount of beef. It looks like a lot. And so. speaking of that, Phil Sweetman, we had a phenomenal discussion that is, again, part of the beef equation that gets left out of the mix. What percentage of the foodstuffs that a beef animal eats from birth to death can cannot be consumed by humans, and more importantly, is something that is going to be a waste product going in a landfill, emitting emissions and everything else if the beef animal doesn't eat it and then upcycle it into this nutrient-dense food substance. That's the untold story. It is. It is. They're Yeah, they're basically a recycler. And what's more green than recycling, right? Yeah, see, that brings up a whole new discussion where we've somehow lapsed into this point where it's cheaper to build something new than to recycle it. And I'm not talking about food now. I'm talking about just you can't find a recycling bin in your town because it's cheaper to build something new. Well, that's going to end. 
All right, Angie Ford, we are in the last three minutes. I want to make sure that people understand all of the opportunities for not just Murray County, because folks listening in, you know, Missouri are probably not going to join a Murray County cattleman. But the power of, I wrote down your best statement of the day. We lacked members and motivation. What's your inspiration to others to find motivation to build their membership? Because it is the tribe that makes the difference. It is. And I think for me, you got to look at your, your young ones for inspiration, your kids. You know, like I said, we just kind of started doing more things, showing animals six years ago. And since then, I can see in my, my own daughter how that has changed her outlook as far as farming and agriculture goes. Um, you know, my son, Brady, always going to be a farmer from the day he was born. She didn't really know what she wanted to do, but just getting involved. And with the cattle like that, now she's going to school for ag and will definitely be getting a career somewhere in the ag business. That is what I think will give me inspiration is to focus on those kids because they're, there's what's going to keep this rolling. It's just, you know, we're going to be the Dennis Swans of this world pretty soon. We need people underneath of us to have that same excitement and want to keep things going. And that's going to start with our, with our kids, with our youth. So you definitely need to focus on them and get them involved. In any way, shape, or form. I Yeah, honestly, I can tell you, I never thought my daughter would want to do anything with farming. And here we are. Because you and myself have been so involved through the years in, in the showing aspect of livestock, we often talk about what a great teaching opportunity it is to, number one, care for livestock, to prepare livestock for exhibition. But just like everything else in life, Angie, you cannot take those things for granted as a parent. You have to make sure that that kid knows that at the end of the day, that animal is purpose is to improve human lives through consumption. And too many times we leave that component out and we just think about the hard work of taking care of the animal and winning or not winning was where you learn the most. But at the end of the day, the life lessons can be acquired there. But you as a parent need to make sure that the right lesson plans come together. Yeah, you have to steer the boat. I mean, and it is, especially if you're showing market animals. That's a, that's definitely a life lesson to learn. And it not only, you know, I think makes you stronger as a person going through that. But um, just knowing that you gave that particular market animal the best life it's going to have and, and his purpose is done and you're okay with it. That to me is is definitely a life lesson and it makes you stronger. I, I think you were definitely wrong, Angie Ford, in one regard and only one. Okay. You implied there was no way you and I could find 45 minutes worthy of discussion. Well, we talked for 45 minutes. The worthy part will have to determine if it's still there. <laughs> you are the jury. The jury now has the, the time to go... Uh, deliberate and what we've accomplished. And at the end of the day, we will all find a level of inspiration from what Angie Ford and her young compadres, I'm talking about you, Dennis Swan, the young compadres in Murray, Murray County, Minnesota, setting the example. For Angie Ford, I'm Trent Lewis, both of us reminding you that all roads do indeed lead to a rural route somewhere near Hadley, Minnesota. And finally today, I want to say thank you to our veterans we cannot say thank you enough particularly the vietnam war veterans just never given the respect 
not taking anything away from those individuals. And on this day that I learned that a veteran took his life this week, a decorated hero, a Navy SEAL, Mike Day, it just we just can't do enough. The Wall of Honor is the place that I think is a good start. The Wall of Honor.org. Check it out. Bring it to your community.